The following content is brought to you by Eric Smith, Orange Thunder, and Abigail 13. Welcome to episode 613 of Nintendo Switchcraft. It is the show where we talk about all of the Nintendo news all of the time. So make sure that you head on over to nerdnest.tv if you want to watch the show live or if you want to watch the video version of the show rather than just listen to the audio version of the show. Uh, with that being said, uh, we're going to get right into it. We've got some stuff to talk about. The big story for today is some speculation on my part. And I'm sure uh, also on the part of many people, uh, the speculation is that Mr. Miyamoto, Mr. Shigeru Miyamoto, the guy who created Donkey Kong and Mario and Zelda, I think he's probably going to retire soon. And we'll talk about why I think that. Of course, we're going to talk about some upcoming games that are coming out in the next week. Uh, Smash, uh, Mr. Sakurai unveiled um, Sephiroth in in Super Smash Brothers as well as some costumes. And there's people who are really happy about what they saw. And there's people who are very, very unhappy about what they saw. There's some news that Nintendo is trying to do their best to regulate the Wild West that seems to have sprung up around the eShop. So we'll talk about that as well. And uh, Universal Studios Japan is now open, and um, Mr. Miyamoto did like a a walkthrough tour. I'm not going to talk about that too much, but I am just just going to let everybody know that it's open and, and point people to that video if they want to check it out. Again, this is Nintendo Switchcraft, episode 613. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. Uh, Let's start with our upcoming games. There's a bunch of upcoming games. I'm going to list through all of them very, very quickly. And then I'm going to focus on the one that I think that you should probably check out. So, December 21st, that's today. Killer Chambers, Smart Moves, and Traffics are all coming out. December 22nd, Isolation Story, Land Flicks Odyssey, Override 2, Season... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Override 2, Super Mech League. December 23rd, Season Match 3, Curse of the Witch Crow, uh, Super Meat Boy Forever, Elliot, JDM Racing 2, Kaul's Treasure, Kingdom Tales... I'm sorry, Kingdom Tales, Columno, Spirit Arena, and The Last Dead End. And then on Christmas, December 25th, uh, that would be uh, Bit Trip Beat, Bit Trip Core, Bit Trip Fate, Bit Trip Flux, Bit Trip Runner, Bit Trip Void, I know, uh, Candy 2048 Challenge, Dungeonoid, Match 3 Pirates, Heir to Davy Jones, and Cube Life Island Survival. So of those games, there's a couple that I want to point out. Uh, Number one, Super Meat Boy Forever is the sequel to Super Meat Boy. Uh, If you have not played the original Super Meat Boy, I believe I talked about it on the last episode. It is a side-scrolling platformer, very high difficulty, uh, very quick um, uh, timer between from when you die to when you restart the level. So when you do die, which you inevitably will a lot, you really don't lose all that much time. Um, It's a really good game. Well, the first one was really good, and the sequel is coming out December 23rd, which is very interesting. Um, The other one that I would want to uh, point out to people 
as being interesting, at least to me. It's an older game, without a doubt. It's a game that's that's uh, not been around for a while. Or, or, I'm sorry, that's been around for a while, and that's Bit Trip Runner. I know I listed off a whole bunch of Bit Trip games. Bit Trip Runner is another side-scrolling uh, platformer, but you have to jump to uh, almost to the beat of the music. You play as... Oh, I can't remember his name. He's a, uh, a character that is like flat black in in color and he leaves rainbows behind him when he runs i believe and man, i can't remember his name captain something I, I can't remember but um it's a really fun game bit trip runner it, basically you're just running from left to right and uh you just have to hit the jump button at the right time there is no uh, you don't have to deal with uh, controlling which direction you're moving you're always moving uh, it's kind of one of those endless runner style games. So if you have not played Bit Trip Runner, I highly recommend it. It comes out on Christmas Day, uh, December 25th. Um, speaking of Christmas Day, Christmas Day is, of course, on uh, Friday and Thursday is Christmas Eve. I am not going to be recording an episode on Christmas Eve, so don't expect an episode to come out on Christmas Day. Um, and for that, sorry, there's really not much I can do about it. I'm going to be busy hanging out with my family instead. All right, moving on. We've got some stories to talk about today. I want to start with, um, Mr. Sakurai, Mr. Commander Video. Thank you very much, Aerosleya, in the live chat. Uh, the name of the character in, uh, the Bit Trip Runner game is Commander Video, it's super fun. It's a really, really good game. Thank you. And if you want to watch the show live, nerdnest.tv gets you there. All right. Come hang out with us while we chat about video games over at nerdnest.tv. And you can watch all kinds of uh, video game related videos on that channel as well. All right. So recently uh, at the Game Awards, Nintendo unveiled that the newest challenger to be added to um to Super Smash Brothers is Sephiroth the villain from Final Fantasy 7 if that is a spoiler to you I don't know what to tell you that game's really old okay I played that like back before I even got out of the army and if I had stayed in the army I'd be retired by now like that's how long ago that that game came out all right so uh late 90s really great game uh, anyway, Sephiroth is in uh, Smash Brothers, and he is the, the you know the Yang to the Yin of Cloud. Cloud is the hero of Final Fantasy VII, and so they brought in the villain from Final Fantasy VII. And I think it makes a lot of sense, especially I, honestly, I think that they should have done it sooner because we had Final Fantasy VII remake uh, come out, and I feel like this is a character that would have really done well if it had come out a lo- around the same time as Final Fantasy VII Remake did on the PlayStation. Uh, I wonder if there's a COVID delay that caused it not to come out at the same time as Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm not sure. They didn't say anything about that. Uh, but a lot of people looked at, at Sephiroth in uh, Smash and they said, oh, okay, that's cool. Well, we had the announcement, and then, of course, Nintendo announced that they were going to have Mr. Sakurai hop on the internet 
and tell us all about how uh, Sephiroth plays. I'm not going to go through all of that, but what I will do is uh, talk about some of the other things that were shown off in that, in that uh, I wouldn't say trailer, almost like a Smash Direct featuring uh, Mr. Sakurai. So along with Sephiroth, and I cannot believe that I didn't predict this. Like this is ridiculous that I, I don't, Okay, I don't know what other people predicted, but I did not predict this would happen. And I should have. It should have been incredibly obvious. But along with Sephiroth being added to Smash, they also added some Mii Fighter costumes. They always add Mii Fighter costumes every single time. And they added Barrett and Tifa. And, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting her name for some reason. Aerith. I don't know why I forgot her name. Uh, so they're adding Barrett and Tifa and Aerith. Now, if you've not played Final Fantasy VII, those are characters from Final Fantasy VII. And so now you can take your me, uh, your me fighters and dress them up as Barrett, Tifa, and Eric, Aerith. Uh, Barrett is obviously going to be a gunner, as in Final Fantasy VII. He has a Gatling gun for an arm. Um, Tifa obviously going to be a brawler because she is a brawler in that game. Like she gets up and close and personal and fights with her fists. But then they also unveiled another character. And I think that, I think that the, um, the, the verdict is out. Um, people are very split about this. The character that they added is a character that people have been asking being added to Smash for a really, really long time. And that character is Geno. Now, if you've never played Super Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo, then you probably have no idea who Geno is. Why is that? Well, the reason is because Nintendo did not make Super Mario RPG. That game was licensed by Square Enix. So Square is actually the developer and I believe they were actually the publisher. Maybe they weren't the publisher. I can't remember off the top of my head, and it doesn't really matter, but Square Enix made that game. And so that means that that, that Square Enix owns the rights to Geno, as well as all of the other characters that were made for that particular game. Obviously, they don't have the rights to Mario, even though Mario was in it. But the characters that were in Super Mario RPG that were invented by Square, Square owns the rights to that character. And so that's why we haven't seen Gino, who is a very popular character in the world of Nintendo, like uh, in the fan base of Nintendo. People really like Gino as a character from Super um, Super Mario RPG, but we haven't really seen him outside of that game. And people have been asking for for uh, Gino to be added to Super Smash Brothers for years, and it makes perfect sense for Gino to come to Smash at this point because we are working with Square on this with, you know, now Sephiroth and Barrett and Tina, not Tina, um, Tifa and Aerith. So let's add Gino in there too. So why would people be upset about this? Why would people be unhappy that Gino is added to Smash? It's not really Gino. That's why. It's a me costume. And 
while I, I understand what Nintendo is going with here, they're like, look, we can't add a billion different characters to this game. Like, there's already like 70, 80, 90, 90, 85 characters, maybe 90 characters in this game. There's already like 80, 90 characters in this game. It's pretty crazy how deep and varied the roster is for Smash Brothers. They can't just keep adding stuff forever, right? So what do they do? They have the me brawlers or the me fighters, and then they can dress them up in different costumes in order to represent characters that otherwise would not be represented in the game. So I understand why Nintendo's doing this, but I feel like the the Geno fans out there I feel like they would rather him not be in the game than be represented as a costume. And it's it's I feel like it's different than Barrett and Tifa and Aerith because they're not Nintendo characters. And while at the same time, Gino isn't really a Nintendo character. It's a Square Enix character, but it's also a Nintendo character. And so not having the ability to have a real Gino in the game and just having it be I don't know this weird facsimile you know like a kid trying on their dad's uh sports coat it it just it doesn't feel right and so a lot of people are irritated that Gino is in the game I'm indifferent I and this is going to make people really mad at me about this uh and, and Fisto in chat is saying that Gino had a me fighter costume in smash for Wii U and 3ds though that's fair. Um, when when I look at this, I, I I don't care. And the reason I don't care is because I didn't like Super Mario RPG. I know that there's a lot of people that adore that game. I tried playing it multiple times. It just never clicked with me. I never got far enough that I got invested. And I found all of the dialogue to be just kind of annoying. Um, I liked the gameplay mechanics. I didn't like the story. Uh, so I have zero attachment to Gino, so I don't care if Gino is just a costume, but I think a lot of people really like the idea of having a real Gino in the game. And the, the problem is, and this is, you know, what Aerslia in chat is saying, the reason that they're irritated is because they feel like if a character is a costume or is an assist trophy, then it's like a confirmation that they will never be in the game as an actual character. Now, Nintendo has never said that, but we really haven't. Like, this is why people were irritated about um, Waluigi being an assist trophy in Smash, because that means, Nintendo hasn't said this, but that means that you're not going to get Waluigi as a playable character in Smash. So... I do understand why people are not happy about it. I personally don't really care. Uh, when will you be able to play all of this stuff? Well, by the time you listen to this, unless, you, unless you're watching this live on my YouTube channel or you're watching it on my YouTube channel later today, the podcast version of this comes out tomorrow. Sephiroth will probably already be available and will be flinging around on one wing, beating the hell out of people. Uh, so you can try it out yourself. Let me know what you guys think of Sephiroth. I'm not picking it up. There's nothing in this that is really appealing to me. 
because if I'm going to play Smash, I'm probably, probably going to stick with Pac-Man as my character that I'm going to use. All right, let's move on. All right, let's talk about Nintendo and the eShop. There's been a problem on the eShop for a while, and I've talked about it on the show before. Uh, Basically, publishers are gaming the system with the eShop in order to force their way onto like the bestseller list. So for instance, let's say that, that I make a game, um, run, jump, stomp is the name of the game, right? So I make our game run, jump, stomp, and that game costs five bucks or 10, but we'll say 10 bucks. So I, I, I have my game that's $10 and it doesn't have a whole lot of people noticing it. And of course not. It's, it's, in the same store with, you know, Breath of the Wild and Hyrule Warriors and Doom Eternal, who's going to pay attention to my game on the eShop? So in order to make sure that people see my game, I do a temporary sale. I put the game on sale for 90% off. So now it's only a buck. And that's why I did $10 because it makes the math easier. So it's 90% off. It's only a buck on the eShop. And people see it. And they're like, oh, a buck on the eShop. I got that in coins. And for those of you who aren't aware, uh, whenever you buy a a game for the Nintendo Switch, either physically or digitally, you can get coins for that. If you buy it digitally, you get the coins automatically. They're gold coins. If you buy it physically, you have to, I think you hit the plus button on your Joy-Con when you are at the home screen and on that game. And then you can then like claim the coins. There's like a button in there where you can claim the coins. And those coin those coins are basically worth a penny. So a lot of people will have an extra hundred coins laying around. And so then they'll buy that game. It's it's only a buck, right? That's a hundred gold coins. You buy that game for a hundred gold coins, and now you've got that game on your Nintendo Switch, and that's a sale. If enough people do that then that game gets put on the bestseller list and then it's on the bestseller list you know event you know if if the if the publisher times everything right it'll get on the bestseller list and no longer be on sale roughly at the same time now i believe that they can't just manipulate it by saying all right it's on the bestseller list let's stop the sale i think that they have to set the terms of the sale ahead of time but by manipulating the price they're getting their game onto the bestseller list. Well, now it's on the bestseller list, which means a lot of people are looking at this $10 game and they're like, oh man, a lot of people like that game. Maybe it's awesome. I'm going to buy it for 10 bucks. And then sometimes that works out to be a really good deal. And sometimes it works out to be not so great. So Nintendo is changing some things up a little bit. This comes to us from uh, Polygon. Uh, They said, while the Nintendo Switch is a great system, one of the biggest flaws has to be the eShop. In addition to being slow and hard to navigate, oh my God, yes it is, certain tabs like the Best Sellers or Great Deals page were notoriously filled with dubious games of varying quality. They are going to be changing this up. 
and they've actually already started this. This comes from a recent report from Simon Carl's Game Discover uh, newsletter. According to Carlos, uh, Nintendo previously put a hold on allowing games that cost a single cent from getting on the bestseller list. So people were putting them on for so ridiculously cheap in order to get it on there. Uh, and then indeed, when Polygon checked on Thursday afternoon, this is last week, uh, they were the o- the o- I'm sorry, there were only games that cost at least $1.99 and above listed on the eShop bestsellers tab. So it seems like Nintendo is saying, all right, I've had enough of your shenanigans. We're going to say that there's a cutoff for the price for a bestseller. And you can have a game that costs 15 cents. In fact, I've bought games on the Nintendo Switch for less than 15 cents. And actually, sometimes they turn out to be okay. Um, but most of the time, they're they're hot garbage. And so Nintendo is saying, you know what? We're done with this. This is how we're, we're going to combat it. And I really like, uh, I like that they're doing this. One of the ways that I suggested that they fix this problem was to um, have a, 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 a sale price, or I'm sorry, an average price that the game was sold at on the bestseller list. So if it's on the bestseller list and it costs $10, and you can see that the average price that people paid for it was, I don't know, like uh, 39 cents or something like that, then I know, oh, this is a game that people got really, really cheap, and that's why it's on the bestseller list. Nintendo is saying, well, we're going to put it at a buck 99 or two bucks. Why is it not just two bucks? Uh, they're going to put it at two bucks on the bestseller list. And if it doesn't matter how good your game is, it can't get on the bestseller list if it's less expensive than two bucks. I don't like this solution. And I don't like this solution because there's some really good games that I got that were like 15 cents. They're stupid and simple games. But they're awesome. Like all of the games from Nickervision, those games are really, really cool. Um, I can't remember the name. Uh, uh, Ding Dong XL. There's this very simple game where you got a pixel that is going from the top of the screen to the bottom every time you push a button. And you want to push the button and it goes across the screen. And hopefully it doesn't run into all of the things that are going left and right across the screen. It's an awesome game. I believe at its most expensive is a dollar. So that means that that will never get onto the bestseller list, even though it's a really, really good game. There's another game that I played where you were, I think it was, you were a lumberjack and you had to push buttons in order to chop down a tree and avoid things like the branches as they came down. So you would swing your ax and it would chop out a segment of the tree. And then the whole rest of the tree would come down a little bit. And there were branches on the left or the right. And depending on which side you were on, if you were on the side with the branch, when it came down and it hit you, you would lose. That game was awesome. I can't remember the name of it. Maybe somebody in um, in in the live chat will remember. But as, as you keep cutting down that tree and the branches keep com- uh, coming down, you rack up a high score. It's really, really fun. But again, it's the kind of game that will never be on the bestseller list because it's so cheap. So I feel like this is kind of a ham-fisted way to stop it, and I wish that they would do um, uh, handle it better uh, because I think that my idea is better, 
but maybe they have a reason for for them to not do that. Now, another solution would be having the best seller list on there, but have give people the ability to do like a star rating. Look at this game. This game is on the best seller list, but it's one star. Why is it one star? Because people bought it because it was on the best seller list and it turns out it was a pile of crap. That's another way to combat this um, this shovelware problem that we seem to have on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, so personally, I oh, there's another good one. Isaac in chat says, if you go to your profile, you can see the games with the most play hours. It would also be awesome if they could say, show how many play hours people have in these games. Although there's some there's some games out there where you won't play them for extended periods of time, but that doesn't really indicate how good of a game it is. Uh, anyway, I don't like Nintendo's solution for this. Um, I'm going to give you a, a, a recommendation for a game that's on sale right now. It's a game that's on sale for 93% off. It is not going to get onto the bestseller list, but it is a really, really awesome game, and that is Death Squared. Death Squared is currently on sale for a dollar. In this game, here's how the game works. It's really cool. You play as these four cubes. There's a red cube, a blue cube, a yellow cube, and a green cube. In fact, you can probably see one of those cubes or multiple of those cubes somewhere on the shelves behind me. Um, the publishers of the game sent me little plushy cubes from Death Squared, which was really awesome. The developer and publisher's SMG Studio. You play as these little cubes, and you have to figure out the puzzle in order to get to the next level. Now, as you are uh, doing that, and you're going to the next level, um, you have to stand on these little boxes in, in order to advance to the next level. Well, when what happens is you're playing with other people, so like co-op, you know, you and three other people, and if the blue box gets on a uh, stands on a, a space, it opens up a door that the red box can go through, but it might also put spikes that might accidentally kill the yellow box. It's really hard to explain, but it's a really fun game, and it's currently a dollar. And uh, you should absolutely pick that up. And Isaac Dennett in chat is uh, telling me the the lumberjack game that I was talking about earlier is called Timberman, and he is correct. It is Timberman. That game is another really good game, although I don't know how much that is right now. Let me look it up. Timberman, uh, because it's super fun, Timberman Versus is $2 right now on the eShop. I think I got it for $0.15. Cents. Uh, or maybe, no, it was $0.19. Cents. It was a, That was its all-time low. Uh, really great game. Uh, so those are my recommendations. What what are your favorite super cheap Nintendo games? Uh, or, I'm sorry, super cheap games on Nintendo Switch. I'm going to tweet that out right after I finish recording this segment. And people can reply to it for the mailbag. And our big topic for today is Mr. Miyamoto. I've speculated for the past couple of years that he probably would not continue working for too much longer. He has been working at Nintendo for 40 years. 
Actually, it's more than 40 years at this point, I believe. Um, and Mr. Miyamoto has been making the games that we all love for an exceedingly long time. So I think that soon he will probably retire. I mean, we just had Reggie retire. Mr. I, uh, Iwata uh, unfortunately passed before he could retire. And I was watching the Super Nintendo World Direct with Mr. Miyamoto. And I thought to myself, you know, even though he still has that youthful twinkle in his eye, he is starting to get up there in years. And look, that is not an insult. I don't think that I don't I don't look at saying that something that somebody is is getting older is an insult because that means that they are, are far wiser than I am. But. You work at a job for 40 years and you want to be able to enjoy what years you have left. And he's been working really hard for a really long time. So I wonder if he's getting ready to retire. And he recently did this uh, interview with The New Yorker. And in that interview, he there were a couple of quotes that he said that made me think, yeah, he's going to retire soon. Uh, And it would not surprise me at all. Uh, So I want to read these quotes to you real quick from Mr. Miyamoto. Um, Here's one that, 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 that basically says that Bill is wrong on this. Uh, He says, by Monday, I'm usually excited to get back to work. To that end, I sometimes send emails over the weekend, which people don't appreciate. (laughs) Basically, he's saying, I love my job. I love my job so much that on the weekend when I'm supposed to be relaxing, I still am emailing ideas about game designs to people. And on Monday, I am ready to get back to work. And I think that that's awesome. I think that that's awesome that after 40 years, he's still excited to go to work. But let's look at a couple of other quotes that he said here in the, in, in the article. And if you should read the whole article, it was a really good interview. Um, And there's a link to it in the show notes over at my website. He said, it's taken about 10 years, but I feel that the younger generation, he's talking about the people who are working for like under him at Nintendo. He says, I feel like the, the younger generation here is now fully capable to uphold that foundational principle at Nintendo. For my part, I want to continue to pursue my interests. So right now, I think that as long as Nintendo keeps letting him do whatever he feels like, then he's going to probably stay. What has he felt like doing? Well, you know, he 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 wanted to make games and design games and and make it so uh you know, make these worlds. But most recently, he's been kind of in charge of designing Super Mario World, which for those of you who don't know is a theme park attraction. And so he is doing something different now. That's very different from what he did before. It's very hardware focused instead of software focused, which I think is very interesting. What's he going to do after that? I don't know. Uh, He also says, as the company has gained new competitors over the years, it's given us an opportunity to think deeply about what makes Nintendo, Nintendo. Shintaro Furukawa, who is the current president of Nintendo is currently in his forties and general manager, I'm sorry, general manager Shinya Takahashi is in his fifties. 
we are all moving toward a position that will inspire the spirit of Nintendo is passed down successfully. I'm not concerned about that anymore. I'm now focusing on the need to continue to find new experiences. This has always been what interested and excited me about the medium. Not perfecting the old, but discovering the new. Now, of course, you can say, look, there's plenty of new stuff to discover. There's always new stuff to discover when you are dealing with technology. But at the same time, you know, spending 40 years doing this job, you might want to take a, a, a beat and say, you know what, I think I want to be done and just spend time with my family. He mentioned uh, his grandkids in the interview as well. So when will Mr. Miyamoto retire? I don't know. But when he does, it will be the end of an era in the video game industry a thousand percent. And uh, I think it's it, it's possible based on these quotes, that it might be sooner rather than later. According to these quotes, he feels like Nintendo's in pretty good hands. And it took them about 10 years to to manage it. But at this point now, he feels like, I could walk out the door and Nintendo would be in good hands. And I think he really feels good about that, which might make him uh, do it much more, might, might make it much more likely that he does it. What do you guys think? Do you think that Mr. Miyamoto is going to retire? And do you think it would have a huge impact on what Nintendo does these days? Honestly, if he retired 20 years ago, it would have been a big deal to Nintendo. But if he retired today, my guess is he he doesn't deal with the day-to-day stuff quite nearly as much as he used to. And so he's trained the people who've come up below him like Koizumi to be able to follow in his footsteps and, and, and Aonuma to design the games the way that he would or inspired by the way that he would. Anyway, let me know what you guys think, uh, either in the comments section down below or get a hold of me on Twitter. Before I get out of here, I just want to let everybody know um, over on my YouTube channel, nerdnest.tv, or you can go to youtube.com slash nerdnest. I have a co-host, a buddy of mine, who, you know, we work together to make that YouTube channel. And um, they sent they sent me a copy of Grindstone, which was on the recent uh, indie, uh, indie World. And I said, no thanks, I don't have time for it. But they also sent one to my co-host, uh, Lloyd, and he did a first look at Grindstone on the Nintendo Switch. So if you want to see what Grindstone is like on the Nintendo Switch, head on over to nerdnest.tv. We've got a video there that you can check out. It is this uh, weird little um, puzzle game where you have to draw lines to connect like all of the like uh, objects together. Those things disappear and new things fall in uh, from the sides. Uh, so that's Grindstone on the Nintendo Switch. You can check out what that's like over at nerdnest.tv. It's time for me to wrap up the show. Uh, before I do, I want to say thank you to our um, our patrons uh, who are at the producer tier or higher. And the reason why I had to pause there for a second is because I never remember the name of the tier uh, producer. I, I got to come up with better names for these things. Uh, but right now I'm vamping 
to bring up the producers so that I can say thank you to them. Uh, and now I'm going to apply those filters and say thank you to John Eisenmenger, Bowser, Travis McGuire, and the Sean. I really do appreciate the support from all of you, as well as anybody who listens to the show or is a member over at nerdnest.tv. Uh, for instance, we had people like Phil Collins, Brandon Peterson, Darren Pogue, Rob C., and Gaming Preferred, and uh, uh, become members in the last 24 hours. Uh, if you want to support the show, head on over to nerdnest.tv. You can support right there. Thank you very much for the support. I will see you next time, uh, which will be after Christmas. Bye, everyone. Stay awesome.